It may not always be wonderful, but it is always worthwhile with Jesus Christ. In one line, my brothers and sisters, that sums up my message to you on this Christmas Eve. Of course, my homily will be a little longer than that. <laughs> Wouldn't want to disappoint anybody. This thought, it may not always be wonderful, but it is always worthwhile with Jesus, came to mind the other day after I read a very brief excerpt from the autobiography of Frank Capra. Frank Capra was the man who directed the classic Christmas movie, It's a Wonderful Life, my favorite Christmas film by far. It starred, as most of you know, Jimmy Stewart and Donna Reed. I'm sure most here have seen it, but for the benefit of those who have not, the story of It's a Wonderful Life centers around George Bailey, an ordinary man who has extraordinary dreams, none of which ever becomes a reality. He dreams of striking it rich, but as the head of the local building and loan company, George never does any more than make ends meet in his life and for his family. He dreams of getting a great education and becoming famous, but he never even gets to go to college. He dreams of traveling the world to exotic places, but he never even leaves his hometown of Bedford Falls. In George's own mind, he's a failure. And yet, as the story makes very clear, George Bailey is a man of sacrifice. He's a man of integrity. He's a man of compassion. He's a man of goodness. And he's a man whom God has blessed with a very beautiful family, a very loving family, and many, many friends. But George doesn't recognize any of this. And so when things begin to go badly for him, he finds himself on the verge of despair. He runs into problems at work, his relationships with his family members, becomes strained because of all the stress he's under at work. I'm sure many of you can relate to that. And George begins to think that everyone might be better off without him. So he considers committing suicide by jumping off a bridge. Enter Clarence. Clarence comes to the rescue. He is George's guardian angel, and he comes in response to the prayers that are being offered for George by all his family and friends. George tells Clarence at one point that he wishes he had never been born, that the world and everyone around him would have been better off without him. So Clarence gives George his wish. George gets to see and to experience what the world would have been like had he never been born. And much to George's surprise, the world is a lot different. And in many ways, it's a lot worse in his absence. His town is very different, his family is very different, his friends are different. And it's at that moment that George Bailey finally sees things as they really are. The blinders come off. He realizes his life is blessed in so many ways. And he understands that throwing it away would be a tragedy of the highest order. It's a great story. It's a great movie. But what I never knew, until the other day at least, 
was why Frank Capra put the story on film in the first place. Until the other day, I never knew why he made the movie. But then I found out in this very brief quote from his autobiography. Capra wrote, It's a Wonderful Life wasn't made for the oh-so-bored critics or the oh-so-jaded literati. Rather, it was my kind of film for my kind of people. It was a film to tell the weary, the disheartened, and the disillusioned, the wino, the junkie, the prostitute, those behind prison walls and those behind iron curtains, that no man is a failure. It was a film to show those born slow of foot or slow of mind, those oldest sisters condemned to spinsterhood, and those oldest sons condemned to unschooled toil, that each man's life touches so many other lives, and that if he isn't around, it would leave an awful hole. It was a film that said to the downtrodden, the pushed around, the pauper, heads up, fella, no man is poor who has one friend, three friends, and you're filthy rich. It was a film that expressed its love for the homeless and the loveless, for her whose cross is heavy and him whose touch is ashes, for the Magdalens stoned by hypocrites and the afflicted Lazaruses with only dogs to lick their sores. I wanted to shout to the abandoned grandfathers staring vacantly in nursing homes, to the always interviewed but seldom adopted half-breed or orphans, to the paupers who refuse to die while medical vultures wait to snatch their hearts and livers, and to those who take cobalt treatments and whistle, I wanted to shout, you are the salt of the earth, and it's a wonderful life is my memorial to you. Too bad we don't have more film directors today like Frank Capra. The world would be a much better place. That's a great quote, my brothers and sisters. Although I have to admit, when I read it the other day, something about it bothered me. As much as I liked it, I found something about it disturbing. So I thought about it, I prayed about it a while, and finally it hit me what it was. It's the title of the movie. Given what Frank Capra says in this quote, the title no longer seemed right to me. Think about it. He called the movie, It's a Wonderful Life. But it's very clear from this quote, he made the film for people whose lives are anything but wonderful, which means he made it for the vast majority of the human race. I deal with lots of people in my priestly ministry. Father Judice has dealt with many more over the years. I'm sure he would agree with me. We don't find too many people who would call their lives wonderful, or at least they wouldn't say that their lives are always wonderful or consistently wonderful, sometimes wonderful perhaps, but certainly not always. Tragedies like, for example, the horrible shootings in Newtown, Connecticut two weeks ago, those kinds of things touch the lives of all of us in one way or another. Which is why I think a better, more accurate title for this film would have been, It's a Worthwhile Life. Now I know that 
title doesn't have the same ring to it as It's a Wonderful Life has. That's why I'm a priest and not a film director. But it is a more accurate description, I would say, of the message of the film. Clarence taught George Bailey that in spite of his problems and trials, his life was definitely worth living. It was, without question, worthwhile. Now, that, now that's a truth that applies to everybody's life, no matter who we are. It applies to all those poor souls that Frank Capra mentioned in his quote. It applies to all those who lost relatives and friends in the Newtown shootings two weeks ago. And yes, it even applies to you and to me. But chances are we will not be able to recognize that fact unless we have a personal relationship with the one whose birthday we celebrate this evening, namely Jesus Christ. And let me repeat that because that's the crux of this homily. We will not be able to see that life is truly worthwhile unless we have a personal relationship, a living relationship with the one whose birthday we celebrate this evening, Jesus Christ. A relationship that is nourished, fed by prayer and by the sacraments, especially the Holy Eucharist. Jesus Christ is God, the divine Son of God who was born 2,000 years ago of the Virgin Mary. And only God can help us to see the true value of life. That's the way it was for George Bailey, was it not? If you really think about it, it was God working through his angel Clarence who finally got George to see that his life was worth living in spite of all the bad stuff that was going on around him. This is so important for us to understand, my brothers and sisters, because in point of fact, many people today do not think that life is worth living. And I'd be willing to bet there are people in this church right now who fit into that category. They do not believe that life is truly, truly worthwhile. In this regard, I read a very disturbing statistic the other day. Did you know that during any given year, 15% of the adolescents in this country consider suicide, seriously consider it, and half of them attempt it? What a tragedy. I wonder, I wonder, how many in that 15% go to church every Sunday? How many in that 50%, 15%, take their relationship with God really seriously? I wonder how many parents of those teenagers are teaching them, by their words and by their example, that faith is more important than sports and the other extracurricular activities their children are involved in. Not enough, I can tell you that much. I was talking to a local doctor at the gym the other day, Christian doctor who's been battling cancer now for a number of years. He told me that when he was first diagnosed, he went through 40 chemo treatments over the span of many, many months. 
And they had to space his treatments over that long period of time because the chemo made him deathly ill and extremely tired. Now, he told me, he may be facing more treatments. But what an incredible attitude this man has. He said to me the other day, you know, Father Ray, I'm not sure how long the Lord's going to keep me here. But I'll tell you this, as long as he does, I'm going to live my life for Jesus Christ. I'm going to witness to him and I'm going to bring as many people to him as I possibly can until my dying breath. Which brings me now back at the end to the idea I shared at the beginning. Life may not always be wonderful, but it is always worthwhile with Jesus Christ. This doctor I talked to the other day, he definitely understands that. Do you?